on the line here in the third period. The Leafs are only able to muster a total of four shots. And the Penguins come in and win back to back. After defeating the Washington Capitals a couple of nights ago, they come into Toronto, defeat the Leafs on Hall of Fame night. And the Toronto Maple Leafs will now fall to a seven and five or seven five and three record. Wow, that's an upper. <laughs> yeah, how come, how come I never get it like the wins? I know. That was like, yeah. like sad just, Ralphie. Yeah, here's, here, yeah, you read the obit <laughs> line. 4-2, the final for the Penguins over the Leafs. Jim Taddy, Jim Ralph, Dave Festek from the Toronto Star with you. Uh, Hall of Fame referee Bill McCreary came in and said, he, he like literally ripped my arm out of my shoulder to tell me that the Leafs had one shot and goal from the seven-minute mark on in the third period. Four in total in that period. Uh, turnover, uh, just not the third period you were looking for. No, and actually Pittsburgh had struggled in the third period in overtime. I think almost half their goals had given up this season, uh, which obviously means nothing in November as you, you start to compile stats early. But it's uh, to me it was just uninspired from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and again, the, even though the Nylander goal tied the game up, you got a one nothing lead, you got a couple of power plays, and a way to really take a stranglehold in the game, and you're not able to do it. And the first power play had some looks, and then the second one wasn't nearly as good. They almost ran out of time in the third one, and that was when uh, the, the second or the, the number one unit actually got out for a second time. That's right. On the faceoff, and Nylander was able to score. Um, but it seems to be like so many games that have blended together where, where you're still you're just waiting for something to happen. You're waiting to see some dominance, and and really every game they seem to give up as much as they create. And, and I don't know if you can take too many games, other than the Boston game six nights ago in this building, where you said they seemed to be in control, they seemed to be crisp, they had energy, they were executing well, and you thought this is the jumping point. They played a smart road game in Carolina, but didn't exactly dominate. That game could have gone either way. Vegas was a disappointment. And and like I said, this was just one of those games where you're just waiting to see that magic take over a hockey game so they can get on a roll again and we haven't seen it yet and i think you know you talked about it ralphie that you know there's too much give and take like and a lot of giveaways that come back the other way and turn into penguins chances tonight i mean even the goal that makes it three two for the penguins the, no it's a softy it shouldn't go through eric Shogren, the brock McGinn shot but what does it stem from it stems from you know trying to force it up the gut of the neutral yep. zone uh, you know, Malkin, sorry, Malgin in the Mal Malkin versus Malgin show. Uh, Toronto's Dennis Malgin makes that turnover, gets stripped in the neutral zone. It's coming back hard the other way. How many times did we see that tonight where the Leafs force stuff through the neutral zone? The the Penguins are, you know, in great formation there. They're, they're coming strong in the neutral zone. They're not letting you force it. And when you do force it, they're smart enough to bring it back the other way. You know, and, and coach went to the blender uh, with the uh, you know time remaining, not not with the empty net, but before that he he you know moved again on the left side. Uh, you know, it's a lot of tweaking going on there, and it, it no matter what the combination is, it sure worked in the Carolina game, but it doesn't seem to catch fire here. No, they they tried moving Bunting back up with Matthews and Marner, and again, I, I mean, you're looking for that magic, and uh, you don't question the effort from Michael Bunting, but. You're looking for the guy that scored 23 goals last year. And so far this year, he scored the very first goal of the regular season for the Leafs in Montreal, and he scored an empty netter in Winnipeg. And it, it just hasn't clicked, that, that magic that we saw last year. Um, 
You know, Mitch Marner's got a very quiet, what is it now, seven, eight game point streak. Yeah. Um, you know, Austin Matthews, I don't I don't think a lot of people thought back to back sixty goal seasons was uh was legit, but uh, you're still expecting that streak to start at some point as well, where they, you get the multi-goal games and, and you get rolling because right now I think what's uh, what's evident, and, and I will say this on the Shalgren goal, it does go through Giordano. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes Fair through a, a couple of pairs of legs Fair now, point. but any time you get beat at this level, five hole along the ice, you got to say it's a bad goal. It is you a know, bad the, goal. You know, the shot's coming. Um but it, uh, just from an offensive side of things, it's you just haven't seen any kind of domination whatsoever five on five, and I and I think that's that's just a mystery. You think, you know, they they haven't played well. And David, we were talking between periods, they hadn't played well, and there there were still three three games above five hundred. Yeah, and you're saying so. <laughs> so. And it's and it is early. Like you talk about Matthews, and he and he's he's got what now six goals through fifteen games. Last year he had seven goals through fifteen games. I think he had seven goals through 17 games. So he can catch fire quick. We've seen it oh, yeah, in the absolutely. recent but, past. But, but would you not say the chances? Because you felt that it was coming before. And this time you're going, I don't know if I could look at tonight and say, boy, he had three or four great looks or he hit the goal post or he had missed it. Yeah, no. you know, well, that's I agree a, with that. And that's, I mean, that's sort of, you know, it can turn on a dime. But, but right now it doesn't feel like any kind of momentum is being built towards that not saying it's not going to happen but you just you thought maybe the boston game followed by the carolina game which was a good was the build-up and then you hit vegas and you hit tonight and you feel like you've taken a step back again yeah Yeah. and it's five on five right like you know you look at it tonight five on five matthews had one shot on goal um you know Tavares one shot on goal you know it's you know marner got a couple I thought Nylander was probably the best of the yeah. of the top four guys on, on the forward lines from Toronto. He looked pretty good out there at times, had a little bit of jump in his step. But, you know, they're just not creating the kind of offense you're expecting from this team. At, you know, at yeah. five on five, you know. And, you know, the power plays is off and on. It was fine. You know, got the goal, as you point out, Jim, tonight, um, which is great. But, yeah, it's, it is shocking how ineffective they were five on five and really shocking how little push they put on in that third period. Yeah, and I think that's where Sheldon Keefe will probably be the the most disappointed that there wasn't that, you know, they're they're not playing back to back games or anything else. They had a home game the last time they were out on Tuesday night. Uh, you really take any way any kind of excuse away for not being able to push back in the third period, and uh, and I know they they were on the ice in the turnover for the uh, for the game winning goal, but five on five the fourth line seems to be not only the the line with the most jump but the most scoring chances yeah. five on five Melgan again. Uh, they were able to create. Uh, Aston Reese scores the first goal of the game, and um, and David a five Camp, on five yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah, and David Camp. It's hard not to love what he brings, whether it's on the penalty killer five on five, smart player, um, but with a, a tremendous work ethic. But that's one of those good news, bad news. You say, hey, your fourth line was was great tonight. Was yeah. your best line on the ice? <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, also comes with it is the bad news because you're expecting a whole lot more from especially your top two lines. I'm thinking consistently inconsistent. Um, you know, the, the fourth line does all these little things and you don't see the other lines do it. And, and I like what you said, Ralphie. There, there's When they were really good in the past, you'd see one line do something. The next line would come out and up it and there was a build. You don't see any build, do you? No, it's... Uh, and, and I mean, I don't buy that, that all of a sudden after six, seven years they've they figured Matthews and Marner out. You know, I mean, I think the elite players 
um, you know, find a way around it. And it's uh, it's almost like you're you're still trying to beat this feeling that, okay, you know how this team is going to be judged, yeah. regardless, and and right. nobody's going to care if they set a new franchise record that they they you know get past what they set last year as a franchise record in points and wins and 60 goal seasons and everything else and it's almost as if there's this we got to get through this we yeah. just got to get through this so we can get another chance but um, as we've seen before you you'll get some pretty good teams that'll have one bad year or injuries start to mount at the wrong time and you find yourself on the outside looking in when it comes to the postseason. So it's uh, even though that might be the difficulty um, for a team trying to say, no matter what we do here, we're going to be judged by what happens in April. <laughs> well, you're going to be judged between now and April as to whether you can get there or not and you know whether you can build those habits during the regular season to be successful in the postseason. No doubt about it. I think, I think you're right. A lot of this is psychological for this team. Like, it's yeah. like they know that they can't really do anything to impress this town until April, and that's and that's. But that was the same thing last year, and they found a way through it and got 115 points, right? Yeah. So there's something different here this year. We heard Sheldon Keefe talk about it a couple of games ago about how the, the the D was not moving the puck quickly enough, and I thought tonight there was a lot of that too. Like, why couldn't you get through the neutral zone? Well, I'm not sure you were coming out of your own zone crisply enough, thanks to the D, on yeah. the Toronto D. Um, and we're not, you know, as much as you want to harp on, we can we can go up and down on the forward lines, and and the combinations they're not finding, but you're not getting any offense from your D right now. And I went through it in the pregame, you know, like you got last year you had you know 197 points from the D in 82 games. This year you got 24 points uh, in uh, in 15. Now, did you do the pace on pace for? Yeah, so like so you you're almost. You're at like two thirds the pace, right now. Yeah. You're at two thirds. Because I'm not great with math, so I was hoping you did. Neither am I. Neither am I. When do you hear the next game? Ralphie's going to lead with that. <laughs> but my point would be, no. But I, I do think there's something to what Sheldon keeps saying about the puck. The, the puck movement from the from the rear has not been great, and certainly, what do you expect from this D? They're not, they're not big and strong. They're not stoppers they're not stay-at-home guys they're supposed to be offensive-minded puck movers who jump into the rush and create well, most of them are the yeah. same as we're here last year though yeah well, that's, and, but the point is they're not they're not producing at last year's rates i know so yeah. why would that be right yeah well i mean that i, I think part of it too is uh, the same as, as you the way you play defensively it's a five-man unit so you're coming out somebody's got to be open you can as soon as you have somebody fly the zone early or then you have to circle back and now everybody's got to regroup, and then you give it to a guy that's circling back around center ice, and it's knocked off his stick. There's, you see, to me, when the Leafs look fast, it's that first pass out of the zone, whether it's a five-foot pass or twenty-foot pass, is going to somebody whose feet are moving. Yeah. All of a sudden, you look fast. Now, if you get a guy that stopped at the far blue line waiting because he blew the zone early, and then you had to circle back, all of a sudden now everybody's crisscrossing. And the best you can do is try to fire it down the ice and tip it in and avoid the icing. And you've got nobody coming over the line with speed. So uh, I, I still think it's uh, – and how many times did the big line last year create offense off the rush from their own zone on a takeaway? Yeah. You know, what, what, whether the defense was involved or not. And, and that's something you're simply not seeing right now where they're coming back and, and as a unit yeah. being able to retrieve the puck and then everybody comes out together. So, so that's what I'm saying about what the fourth line did. You're not seeing the other lines go after the puck, compete for it, take it away, 
Right. I mean, there, there's an element missing there, isn't there? Yeah, and and you know the bottom line is is all of a sudden the the puck bounces out, and the defenseman has it, and nobody's opening. You saw in the first period where um, you could say that Marner and Matthews both had an opportunity to clear the zone. But because the positioning was so great, by the time Matthews got it, he's facing his own net, and he kind of just lobbed it up, turned and lobbed it up the right-wing boards and couldn't get it up. So you're going now, you're not even in position once you win that one-on-one battle or retrieve the puck in your own zones. So you look at that play and say, you know, why why aren't they fast? Why are, It's because, you know, you've got guys that uh, aren't in position once you've won the puck battles. And uh, a lot of times all you can do is ice the puck or try to flip it out to center ice and like we said, for whatever reason, the fourth line seems to win some battles and yet has that jump and that, that first 10, 15-foot pass or bank it off the right-wing boards and go get it and get the deterning. Um, the, the other three lines have been able to do that consistently. Well, in some ways, it's you know, and Sheldon keeps talked about it, it it's got to be a simpler game. And, and I think part of the problem with this team at times, and we've seen it, look, at their best, they can play a very complicated game and make it look easy, right? And they can play that globetrotter hockey where it's it's bang 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 we saw it a few times tonight where there was some incredible sequences where they kept the puck in um but a second period yeah, yeah exactly and but to me you know what is the fourth line doing they're not trying that stuff they're doing they're doing the simple basic simple. stuff yeah the basic stuff that that well, doesn't excite anybody let, let's go to the cliche but get pucks deep win the well, one-on-one battles it's so true, though, right? And Get there's, pucks there's to the net. Cliches well, uh, exist for a reason. I mean, yeah. From what we've said, I mean, we're talking about the build from line to line. There really isn't any build on, within the line because they're not doing those little things. Yeah, and and you, like I said, you keep waiting for it. And and I can say, you know, the the, the body work that we've seen this season, they've been hit and miss. It's 500, and it's not that they've been horrible for 60 minutes, but they haven't been great for 60 minutes. Uh, we're saying the best game they've had all year was a 2-1 win uh, where they were able to hold on in the third period, and yet a 2-1 win is dominant, and yet that's the game that you're saying, okay, the uh, the opponent was at this level, one of the top levels in the league, and not only did you compete, you were probably a little bit letter, better and it showed up in the scoreboard. And uh, you had your goalie come in in the third period, and you protected well, and um, you look at all the other games, and you're going like, only once you take away the uh, the empty net goal in in, Ed, in uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. Only once they've scored more than three goals in a game. That was yeah. a five-two win over Philadelphia. That that to me is just absolutely baffling. And yet, I don't think you could look at any games that they played this year and said, "Boy, that they got stoned by a goaltender." They should have had six or seven. And uh, they've seen some solid goaltending, but I don't think you can say that the opposing goaltenders or anything else have stolen games from them. I just think they haven't really been able to to force the issue and and get things done offensively. Yeah, they haven't. You know, and may, you know, look, maybe it's maybe it does stem from the back and maybe it stems from the fact that you know you're playing in front of what is essentially your third string goalie and you know, you don't want to play maybe as risky as high scoring hockey. And maybe it stems from too. I I still think a lot of this comes down to who's playing with who on the back end. Like when you've got you know, Riley and Brody were so good last year, right? And 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 now they've been split up because of Muzzin's injury. You got it's been Riley Lilligren of late. It's been Brody Hall. Um, it's been Gio and Sandine, and none of those seem to be clicking. None of those pairs seem to be working like like Riley Brody was working last year. Right? Yeah, and then there have been so many times where it seems like a simple D to D play, bank it off the boards to go D to D, 
it gets disrupted. Right. It's it's a bad ends up a bad pass. The puck bounces. It's in the skates. There's a forecheck. Somebody gets a stick on it. So a lot of times you see just just the very simple basic plays. And again, when you start talking about why they don't seem fast or get opportunities off the rush, once that happens, and you've got guys that are anticipating, okay, we're going to go, and then it's botched up, and now everybody circles back, and the guys are trying to find positioning, and you try to get it back, and you say, okay, where is everybody for the. Yeah. You know, getting out of the zone. So you're right. I mean, so much of their offense comes from, um, you know, the, how they control on the puck in their own end. Yeah. You know, everybody being in a position, everybody supports everybody to get uh, puck retrieval. And um, for whatever reason, for for the Leafs, it just it just hasn't meshed. Because, like I said, I don't think there's been a game that, that afterwards you've looked at it and said, boy, they deserve better. Yeah. I mean, every game seems to be circle one moment that was a turning point for for one team or the other and and they've um they've been okay to, to steal the line from randy carlisle talking about james just okay. years ago <laughs> just okay just, just okay that's what they've been they haven't been horrible they've just been okay which probably when you look at the talent is still a bit of a slight well and that's and i guess if you wanted to be if you wanted to be generous and you wanted to be optimistic and i think you should be with this with talent like this on your roster you know, there's been plenty of good teams in this league that have eased into seasons, knowing exactly what we were talking yep. about earlier, that it doesn't really matter till April. Now, do these guys have a right to do that? Do they have the pedigree no. in the playoffs to do that? No, they no. don't. But we know that they think fairly highly of themselves, as they should. They're very accomplished hockey players, a lot of them. Um, and, you know, I think that we're seeing a bit of that. We're seeing yeah, a team but, that, that thinks it can pace itself but, here. But here's the other thing, which I think was a turning point last year. Sometimes you've got to get somebody to scare the hell out of you. Right. To think you may not come out of this and you be, you know, you know, better get things going or this is going to be a lot bigger concern than uh, winning the first round of a playoff series if you can't get there because you see Tampa is still out of a playoff spot right now. You expect them to certainly be there in April. So you don't want to get to the point where all of a sudden you're, you're mid-December and you're still a bubble team. And then you throw a, a couple of unfortunate injuries in, and then you start to see things spiral away. I mean, um, for the most part, I mean, other than the goaltenders right now, you're fairly healthy, and uh, you're playing a lot of games at home, and uh, you've already blown a lot of chances against weaker teams in the National Hockey League early on in the season. But this is your time. I mean, you've you've got to start to, to get some sort of traction, uh, get yourself in a more comfortable spot, and um, worry about April when April comes. Good advice, Ralphie, once again. Well, thank the, the, the thank sage, you, Jim. Sage advice from Ralphie. What does that mean? <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my you know my sage percentage is? <laughs> I was going to ask you. I didn't yeah, want to no. be mean, but now that you've done that, no, you, know, I, you, know what, you know that third string, third string goalie thing that Dave said where they don't want to play in front of him, what does that feel like? Well, I, don't know. I don't know. He he was two spots ahead of me. <laughs> All right, Ralph. You have yeah, a good night. Yeah, I'll text you when I'm home. Yeah, good Thanks. good man. Thanks, 4-2, the Penguins win over the Leafs. This is Molson Canadian Leafs game night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. Leafs game night. Jim Taddy and Dave Festchuk with you. 4-2, the Penguins win over the Leafs here at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, so we're talking in the break. We're continuing the conversation. Ralphie eventually left. But, I mean, it, there's just not a lot of edge in the performance, is there? No. There's not a lot of urgency. There's not a lot of desperation, that's for sure. I thought the, I thought the fourth line played with desperation. Yeah. When you, when, you, when you saw David Camp and, 
Dennis Mulligan and Zach Aston Reese out there, they came in and got into the offensive zone and they, you know, they hit somebody, they separated somebody from a puck, they turned it into some possession. And you'd think that that would be the sort of standard way to play hockey when you're as talented as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we just haven't seen enough of that. As you pointed out, there was no build. There was no, no. they go out there and do that, and then, then the next next line goes out and does one better and continues that pressure. And then and it's, and it's as Kyle Dubas likes to say, it's wave after wave after wave of puck possession in your zone that wears you down, and that's how the Toronto Maple Leafs are designed to win hockey games. Well, the design that Kyle Dubas intends, it's it makes a lot of sense. It you it should be a you know a plausible way to play for this type of personnel when you've got speed and you've got skill and you've got some guys with a lot of, with a lot to prove about you know who they are as winners in this league when it matters. Uh, so far this season, we we haven't seen it, and certainly tonight we didn't see it. In anything but the occasional spurt. Yeah. Now Frankie C doesn't like the the worst of the word of the uh, sorry the the use of the word chemistry. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to use that. But there doesn't seem there seems to be a disconnection between different factions uh, like the five guys on the ice. It doesn't matter who the five are, but there doesn't seem to be the complete connection, does there? Not not enough. Yeah. Not enough. And look, and that goes to show you, like uh, Sheldon Keefe, it, it's not us saying this. It's Sheldon Keefe telling us this with the way he's deploying his players, right? He's, you know, the, the blender was in full effect tonight. You had, uh, uh, you know, the long stretch there in the second period and into the third where he tried to reunite Matthews, Marner, and Bunting after starting the game with Alex Kerfoot on that top line. And then he abandoned that and he turned it into the Matthews, Marner, Nylander show right. when they were needing the goal pressing. But even with Matthews, Marner, Nylander, you'd think, you know, three incredibly skilled uh, you know, incredibly, you know, theoretically great athletes with great physical, you know, attributes that should be conducive to putting a ton of pressure on the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, by the way, have lost seven of the last eight games. Um, and they, it just didn't just didn't happen for them. No, like they just really did not create much in that particular formation. And really, that's a coach looking at his bench and trying to uh, shorten it and go with what's working. He also had Tavares, Robertson and Mulgan on a yeah. line and, and it looked pretty good, but. You know, it was a short spurt, didn't generate anything, unfortunately. Yeah. No, it didn't. You know, Malgin, and Malgin was, you know, to me, like the, the player of the game in a lot of ways for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you know, had the sh- shot, the shot that set up the rebound that, you know, turned into the Zach Aston Reese goal, the only five on five goal that Toronto gets tonight. Uh, he was a big part of it. Obviously, Evgeny Malkin won up him and was the best player on the ice in a lot of yeah. ways for the, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, you know, let's not let's not completely disrespect the opponent here, Jim, and point out that the Penguins played an awfully good game, and they looked like a they team. Play, played a good road game. They did play a good road game, and yeah. they played a good game for a team that was on the ropes very, you know, yeah. only a few days ago in, in, a, in the longest, you know, winless streak of Sidney Crosby's captaincy yeah. with the Penguins. So, uh, yeah, the Penguins definitely showed more desperation and urgency to win this one than the Maple Leafs, and maybe you can argue that the Penguins had more on the line because they are coming off such a horrific stretch. And Frankie C has texted me to uh, verify the uh, banning of the, of the word chemistry on, on analysis, so, okay. so so we're good. Just, well, it's verified. Now, now the kids are calling it Team Chem. They're not, they're not saying chemistry anymore. It's just Team Chem. 
Yeah, okay, either way. Um, <laughs> Aston Reese, uh, post game, he started the scoring for the Leafs uh, early, well, 13.49 of the first period, and he was asked on what cost the Leafs the game. Kind of ups and downs. I think we had some sustain, sustained pressure in the offensive zone, but um, we also gave up way too much. Um, Pittsburgh's a team you got to be patient against because you're going to play a lot of D zone. But um, I think if you can keep them to the outside, uh, we didn't do a good job of that. But if you can keep them to the outside, they're going to get frustrated and, and take some chances. And that's when you got to strike and uh, take advantage of those opportunities. But I don't think we did a good job at that tonight. You know Malkin pretty well. He seemed pretty hard up about the penalties when he gets in that mood. How hard is he to kind of continue? Yeah, um, I think he's one of the best at, at skating the puck through the neutral zone. Um, winds the puck up and it seems like it's on a string um, but it is it is kind of funny hearing his banter when he gets a penalty I'd say you're back to back uh, how do you recruit for tomorrow um, good night of sleep um, I'm sure we'll come in and do some video but um, you know we have these guys three uh, two more times this month but um, we're gonna turn the page and focus on tomorrow and just try to play a more consistent game what do you like with the way your line is working though um, I think we just have a good balance. Um, you know, Camper's really good two-way centerman and responsible defensively. I think Moggy's that offensive spark that we needed. Um, loves to shoot the puck, always getting in, in a shooting position. And um, lately, I've just been trying to get to the net. Um, that's what happened on the goal today. How would you sum up the night overall for you against these guys for the first time? Um, I think I was pretty fired up. I just tried to play a simple game, get get in on the forecheck. Um, tried to. Have a few hits. I didn't want to kill kill them too much. You know, guys I played with for that long. But just um, yeah, try to play a simple game. I thought it was pretty effective. Was there a weird moment or an awkward moment like you thought there might be? Uh, no, it's just just awkward. It's kind of like going to dinner with your ex girlfriend or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's how I'd sum the night up. Wow, that is extremely awkward. <laughs> he did say the simple game, uh, which is uh, something that you've used, and Coach Keefe uses it regularly, and, and I, I don't know how you get back to it, but they need to. Yeah, they need to do it. I mean, the fourth line really set the example for that. Uh, would have been nice maybe if Zach Aston Reese didn't uh, shy away from, as he, said, as he put it, killing his former teammates with the Pittsburgh Penguins because the Leafs were out hit 41-14. to 14, so. Oh. Wow. I mean, and hits are not, you know, the be-all and end-all I know, stack. but that we kind of a margin that. tells you a lot. It does tell you. It, it, I think it speaks to which team, you know, really cared about winning tonight, which team was really in the mood to get two points because and, – and look, I think the circumstances dictated that the Penguins were the more desperate team, no doubt about it. I mean, they're, they're trying to dig out of a very deep hole uh, after a very slow start to the season. Uh, in, a, in a By the way, in a Metro – that is, you know, has a lot of, you know, sprinters out front, including the, you know, the, the like the unexpected likes of the New Jersey Devils. So they're in a predicament that, and the Leafs aren't in that predicament right now. Let's put it, let's be yet. Not yet. No, but I mean, but you know, you kind of, you play to the situation sometimes, right? It, oh, look, if the Leafs were on a seven games. game bender, that's what I mean. That, that would be catastrophic. Well, Sheldon <laughs> Keefe wouldn't be behind the bench tonight because oh. I don't think he's going to last the seven. Uh, he might last th three or four, but I'm not sure he's going to last seven. Well, but it is interesting. So I've got all these scores in front of me, and and, and you look here. I'm just going to do this a visual gag on radio. Sure. Those are the three wins. Yeah. Those are the losses that lead in, and here are the losses that lead out. And the losses that lead in are very eerily similar to the losses that yeah. lead out. Yeah, that's a good point. And again, like the margins there aren't much, but but there's a collection of them. The margins aren't much, and I don't think. 
they're that far away. But it is, no. it does come down to, you know, the same thing is being said again and again. And that's where you start to worry. He's like, Sheldon Keefe has been saying essentially the same thing all year, you know, or a lot of the same things. And and, and one of them was the stuff that Zach Aston Reese just repeated in the media conference, which I'm sure he heard from the coach, as did every player on that team, which was we're giving up too much, right? We, we're playing into our opponent's hands by going through the neutral zone recklessly, allowing turnovers to come back the other way just too often. And it's just – and it's becoming, a, you know, a ridiculous pattern. Um, you know, Ralphie was here saying have have opponents figured out Matthews and Marner after seven years in the league. No, but I do think they've figured out that the Maple Leafs can be an undisciplined team. And if you – Oh, there's many other yeah, things to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. And if you play a really strict neutral zone game, you can you can burn them on, on, the, on, the, on the turnaround. Pittsburgh wins it 4-2 over the Leafs. This is Leafs game night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. Welcome back to Scotiabank Arena. Leafs game night. Pittsburgh wins it 4-2. We've uh, sliced and diced it. And uh, I think, you know, when when you push the concern button here, uh, just based on, you know, the so close yet so far away, I guess would be a, a really good way to, to sum it up. Uh, you know, you're talking about uh, getting the puck out cleanly, and, and that would, if you couldn't do that on a regular basis, that would certainly frustrate a bunch of forwards. Yeah. No question about that. Uh, you go to the, the blender and how many times that's happened. At some point, I, I think you just have to sort of leave it alone, don't you? <laughs> Maybe you do. But, I mean, I think when you're a, when you're a coach like Sheldon Keefe and you've been, you know, saying a lot of the same things for you know, now going on a few years, you've been watching a lot of the same things happen again and again and again. I mean, what are your options, right? Oh, you have to do something. You know, you, but You've got to do something. Yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, like if it's if it's not just nibbling around the edges, if it's not just that rotation on the left wing, as you pointed out yeah. earlier in the show, with Kerfoot, Robertson, and, and Bunting sort of switching chairs uh, on a regular basis, if it's not that, then you got to go to the more nuclear option of saying – Hey, Mitch and Austin, maybe you got to split up, you know, a la Mike Babcock. Because, you know, let's face it, for the first, uh, you know, X number of years of their career with Mike Babcock at the helm, they barely played together, and the, and the Maple Leafs had some pretty good runs. Uh, you know, but but if I'm uh, if I'm a decision maker, I would clean up the uh, the breakout or you know the, the first pass. hundred uh, percent. That's huge. I think that is huge. But I wonder if that's is that you know the question is is that fixable right now. Uh, with the state of the decor, with, without Jake Muzzin, and and with you know Riley Lilligren as your first pair, Brody Hall, uh, I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe you got to go back to Riley Brody and take your chances with uh, you know Hall and somebody else. But I'm not sure how that's going to work. I mean that's that's a scary thought in some ways. But it does seem to undermine everything else, doesn't it? It certainly does. Yeah. You know, to me, that's where it all you know when you really break down you know why it hasn't you know, been flowing for the Maple Leafs, why they haven't been able to generate the offense at five on five that we're accustomed to seeing. And they really haven't. That's, that's no, I mean, look at all these yeah. scores. Yeah. They're almost the same score. You got four, three, three, four, four, two. I mean, and a lot of that's masked by the, the fact the power play has been pretty good. Right? Yeah. So there's, there's, they're still getting some power play action, but you know, the five on five game, all the, all the five on five numbers are down on, you know, year over year from last year. And obviously when you had the best five on five line, in the league last year in terms of Matthews, Marner, and Bunting, who were just racking up points, nearly, nearly, you know, a point a game five on five during a lot of stretches. You know, it's, it's weird to see, you know, Austin Matthews have four 
five on five points at this point in the season. Michael Bunning be on your you know third or fourth line, uh, although he did get back on the first line tonight. So, you know, I don't think Sheldon Keefe's got a ton of options, Jim. I really don't. And and outside of you know just continuing to beat the same drum and hope that you know this is just November and that these guys will ramp up as the season goes on and the games become of more consequence. Well, and let's leave it at that. It is November. Uh, the Leafs don't have an exclusive on this problem. When you watch the Sports Center highlights, you're going to see other teams in the same area that are not living up to what they think they should be, and it's November, and we'll see which way it goes. Going to step out, come back with the out-of-town scoreboard, Leafs game night, TSN 1050, and the Leafs radio network. The out-of-town scoreboard is brought to you by Maple Toyota. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota. And check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It's time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. Here's what we have out of town, and it reads just like this. Where did it go? Well, the out-of-town scoreboard took off. There it is. Uh, Minnesota and Kraken, uh, the Seattle Kraken, are scoreless in the first period. Uh, The Sharks have a 4-2 lead over the Stars. That's at the end of the second and earlier tonight. Washington slipped by the Lightning by a score of 5-1. In our game, Pittsburgh wins it 4-2 over the Leafs. And if you're listening on TSN 1050, then we'll be with you tomorrow night for the Raptors, who will be busy in Indiana against the Pacers. Tonight they were in OKC and lost big time, 132-113. Our next Leaf coverage on TSN 1050 will be Tuesday when the Leafs are back in Pittsburgh to take on these Penguins. Thanks for joining us. Leafs game night, TSN 1050, and the Leafs radio network.